Hi, this is Wayne Zell, and welcome to Blueprint for Wealth. It's a compendium of articles, videos, and audios on the internet, podcasts on iTunes, that help you realize your personal dreams of wealth and freedom. Blueprint for Wealth is brought to you by the law firm of Odin, Feldman, and Pittleman. We're located in Reston, Virginia, but serve clients all across the D.C. metro area and across the country. If you'd like to know more about the firm, visit us on the web at OFPLaw.com. And, of course, I invite you to subscribe to my website, www.blueprintforwealth.org, where you can get all of this information on estate planning, business planning, and tax planning topics for interest. Today, my special guest is Nancy Popovich, who is... Your title, Nancy, Managing Director? Uh, director for director. Robert W. Baird and partner with the Wise Investor Group. Welcome to Blueprint for Wealth. Thanks Thank for, you. Thanks for being a special guest. Absolutely. The Wise Investor Group, how did you all come up with that name? How long have, have you all been around? We have been around now for 20 years. The Wise Investor Group has been around and on the radio, uh, currently on WMAL for maybe the last eight years, 10 years wow. maybe even. Um, so we've been around for a long time. We're 20 professionals deep. We manage $2 billion. Uh, mm. We're portfolio managers, asset managers, as well as financial planners. Um, and we've been here in the D.C. metro area serving on various radio stations and as well as you on iTunes mm -hmm. um, for the last two decades. So, R.W. Baird, uh, tell us a little bit about that firm and how you all got affiliated with the firm. They are a regional firm, uh, as they would call themselves, not your father's regional firm, because <laughs> they're actually across the world. But they're based primarily out of Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, and how we found them seven-plus years ago was because we needed a larger firm to work for than the firm that is no longer in existence that we had worked for, Fair Speaker Watts, mm. um, because we were just outgrowing them. And so what we loved about Robert W. Baird was that they were a Midwest-based firm. I knew when I called the different departments of Robert W. Baird, I knew to ask for Mike or for Jim or for Jennifer, and I was getting exactly them. It wasn't a call center like what I had come from when I was at Merrill Lynch. Oh, wow. That's a big difference. Yes, big, so big nice, difference. It's nice to have that support. But the Wise Investor Group, 20 professionals, eight client-facing people? Eight client-facing people. So you've got three certified financial planners, and you have five wow. portfolio managers. Behind the scenes, we also have another four uh, that are research and trading. We do everything in-house as far as the asset management from the research to the trading. What makes us different from a typical money manager, which mm -hmm. is our asset manager, which we're, we're um, often compared to, is that we manage each client's portfolio independently of one another. So when we go to buy a company, which we'll do um, on discretion, um, when we go to buy a, a, a specific company, we go through, we have five people that are going through every single portfolio, every th single household down to the account level to place the exact number of shares that we think are appropriate for that client into each portfolio. How do you make that determination? Say you've got a client with a couple million dollars of assets that you're managing and then another client with 500000 or maybe it's a million dollars. How do you know exactly how many shares to buy of what security for their portfolio? Well, I, I you know, the, the way I like to describe it is every client has a team of three people that are working for them. They have a financial planner. 
they have a portfolio manager, and then they have research. So no two clients have identical portfolios because no two clients brought in the same assets, inherited the same assets, made the same assets, as well as no two clients have the same goals. Uh, so every client has a, a different portfolio. However, if we like a specific company and we like the valuation of that company, we think it's a good buy, we're going to buy it for someone. I don't care if you're 85, you're 45, or you're 25. If I like that company, it's most likely going to end up in your portfolio. What differentiates the clients is how much risk are they taking? How much do they need in the in in the equity markets? How much can we have in fixed bonds mm-hmm. and have a larger probability of attaining their goals or funding their retirement or their philanthropic needs or whatever it is that they're trying to to fund at the current time. So it starts with the financial plan. Always starts with a plan, looking at the holistic, everything in the client, not just the portfolio that we're managing, but the assets that they have outside of here, the business that they own, the companies that they work for, the pensions, the 401ks, their children, their grandchildren, everything that they have. And we want their business. They want to we want to know everything about a client so that we can provide them exactly what it is that they need. And then we take it down on the more individual level and we manage the assets that we have here for them Mm -hmm. and we manage that to their financial plan. Okay. um, As well as helping them with any outside assets that they have and helping them uh, direct those assets as well. So you will help the client with the outside assets. Do do you typically charge them for that service? No, not at all. So it's all part of your overall... It's all part of what we do for a client. We have... One of the great things that I I find the greatest pride in is um, the longevity that we have with the uh, people I work with. Mm -hmm. We have all worked together for... Many, many, many years. Many years. Yeah. Um, so we have very low employee turnover, and we have extreme longevity with clients. Um, and I very much pride myself on that, that our turnover with clients is minimal, and that includes uh, the death of clients from time to time. So, um, And working with generations of clients. Sure. Uh, and bringing those generations of clients in before their parents are deceased so that they are helping their parents get through um, their final years as well. Mm -hmm. So we're very, I joke that even though every client's portfolio is different, we, you do all start to look alike a bit at about (laughs) 10 years, because if we like a specific company, like I said, the age doesn't matter. At some point over that decade, it's going to come into a valuation level we, uh, we like. So there's the financial planning, there is the uh, integration of the portfolios and the risk uh, reward scenario into that. But you all do have a strategy that you employ, don't you? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? We are value investors. I mean, from our heart and our core, we are value investors. We look for value in every single thing we do. And I mean that. that, I mean that in the way that we look at stocks. Um, We're looking for companies that are out of favor, uh, companies that are trailing the markets, uh, sectors that are trailing the markets, companies inside those sectors of the subsectors that are trailing the markets and seeing why people aren't liking them right now and if we can get them at a less expensive price. Uh, can you with, give me an example of one today that you're, you know, that you feel is 
you know, at a deeper behind? discount. Yeah. Um, energy, energy is one. Um, I don't want to give any specific, specific stocks. Stock you can you can right. listen to us on uh, the Wise, Wise Investor, Investor Show right. on WMEL on, sun, uh, on Sunday mornings, or you can uh, access us on thewiseinvestorgroup.com and listen to those old shows. But I don't want to give any specific recommendations. But you look at energy and the subsectors of energy right now, and you say, okay, what is it that is forcing them to lag behind? And over the next ten years. Years, is that something that we think is going to be a continued trend, or is that giving us an opportunity right now to find uh, something that that could turn around? There's turnaround stories in uh, retail. You mm-hmm. know, when we've got missed earnings in technology, um, we love to see missed earnings reports and really try to hone in on as to why we think that they've missed those earnings and if there's something that is a short term or is that something that we could take advantage of. How do you get the information that you would really need to make a determination that, that something is undervalued? I mean, you look at you look at reports, you look at uh, earnings reports, you're reading sheets, balance sheets, financial statements. You got it. But we all know, I mean, I'm a CPA, we all know that there's a lot of stuff hidden behind that. How do you, well, get, there is, how do you get the scoop? You've got the, um, there's only one way and that's publicly. Um, um, otherwise, it would be insider, insider trading. trading. So yeah. <laughs> we don't Oops. have any of that. <laughs> um, so it, we do do it publicly, but we do have uh, a number of different research out- outlets that we use independently, and we make those t- decisions independently here. Okay. I like to say that there's the factual information, and then there's art. You know, there's an art to it. So right. it's listening to management. It's really understanding management um, and understanding what their direction and vision is, mm-hmm. and are they meeting those goals? And you can get that from their annual reports. I mean, if they keep changing their goals every year because they're not meeting last year's or they're not referencing what they didn't do that they said they were going to do last year, that maybe that really puts a, a, a bucket of cold water on us. We don't like that. So the idea behind value investing, the investor has to be willing to go in for the long haul, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's not a short-term. No, thing. it's when we like a company, I like to say, if I had $100 billion, what companies would I own? And those are the companies that I want to own. Sure. Um, does it mean that we will be forced to, in, you know, we'll stay in that company for 10 years? No. Sometimes valuations call for a, a, an instance where we are in and out of a company, you know, in 18 months. It's not often, but it is something that forces us to happen, especially in the market that we've seen over the last five years. Do you think the market's overvalued today at 17100 and change? I think that valuation is, uh, it's, it is high. Valuation is absolutely high. But is there a catalyst for it to decline a significant long-term decline, I don't see that in the horizon. I mean, you've got the geopolitical concerns going on. You've got so many things impacting us, but with the, the cheap money that's coming from monetary policies across the world, across mm-hmm. the globe, and low interest rates. Our low interest rates are actually high compared to what you're seeing outside the U.S. So relatively, it's not as expensive as it is what it feels in my, my heart and my gut. It is, it's high, so there's room for but growth. there's room for growth. So you got to be in it. So if the you know, if, uh, Fed Chairman Yellen does finally come around and say, you know what, it's time to 
Absolutely. Pull off the stops yes. and the interest rates are going to have to rise. That's going to have an impact. It will. Market. It will. And it's something that we should hope for. Yeah. I mean, that's what we want is that the economy can sustain itself. Will it bring a pullback to the markets? It could. Mm-hmm. Uh, long-term interest rates, it's going to be very challenging for the Federal Reserve to have any control over because we've got such high demand for um, any kind of yield right. that they don't have control over the long-term yield. And you could imagine as the baby boomers are aging and becoming more conservative, everybody is wanting those longer-term, higher yields. So every time the yields go up, you've got a huge uh, demand that's pouncing them and bringing them back down. So the equity markets and their dividends tend to still look attractive. And a pullback from something like that mm-hmm. most likely would lead to a buying opportunity in my opinion. Is value investing for everyone? In my opinion, it should be. It should be. Um, And especially, you know, the hardest people to to get to really understand that are the business owners, because Uh the way that they've driven their business, it's been very growth oriented, very high multiple, and that's high risk. And they've had full control over that. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you realize that not everyone in that environment handles it well, and that there's a lot of downside risk, yes, I think everybody should be value investors. The same way I think everyone should look at their entire life as Hmm. value investing, understanding not buying expensive, depreciating assets. Does that mean that there aren't people out there buying extremely expensive, depreciating depreciating assets? No. So, no, it's not for everyone um, because you have to really believe it at your core that Mm -hmm. there's a value to it. But especially, like I said, for the business owners, I'm always trying to get them to understand it's the need to diversify their portfolio. And it balances out their high-risk business by having a value core to their outside portfolios. That doesn't mean you only invest in stocks that are value-oriented stocks. You also do corporate bonds and you do absolutely we manage two billion dollars two billion plus dollars we probably have 400 plus million still in the bond markets and that's at a that's at a low percentage for us um, because there just is not as nearly as much obviously attractive to buy today out there as there has been historically so the values have been declining or depressed in the bond market because of the low yields yeah, the Obviously. yields have been coming down, so yeah. the buying opportunity has been poor. Uh, the bonds that we already own look phenomenal because you know it, the we bought them. Dropping. Yeah, the yield keeps dropping, which I, I, I'll I'll be honest. You know, at January of this past year, if you had said to me, "Our yields can be lower," I definitely not, would not have bet that this is where they would have been. Does right that now. cause the bond portfolios that you're carrying for your clients to be less to be worth less when interest rates start to increase. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a counteractive. So if interest rates rise, then your bonds will have a negative real return if you go to sell them. But our typical strategy on bonds is just to Short buy term. the bonds and hold those bonds until maturity. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll buy the bonds and hold them till maturity. So at least you so get the our average back, maturity right. is, is much shorter ah. than what you would expect to see out there. It, it, it's much shorter than than a, a lot of bond portfolios out what there. What would the average maturity typically be of your bond portfolio? 
uh, in between five and seven years. Yeah, that is short. Yeah, but that's good. and that it, that's on the <laughs> you know that's probably average. I, I might be uh, I might be exaggerating that a bit. It might be even shorter. But that that he- tends to hedge against anybody who's holding you know ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty year bonds. Right, and it doesn't mean that we won't hold some longer bonds. It's it, but we look at it as a whole portfolio, um, and it is good in theory if four or five years from now interest rates are higher. Um, but, you know, I'm skeptical if we can even get the interest rates higher at that really? point. So, Well, we're talking to Nancy Popovich, who's director with R.W. Baird's Wise Investor Group, the Wise Investor Group. Tell us about the podcast, the radio show, yes. and how we can hear more about some of the advice that you're giving to your clients. Best way to access us is at thewiseinvestorgroup.com. Um, you can get our archived radio shows and podcasts, articles that we've written, publications that we've been published in, pretty much anything that we're thinking, we are letting our listening audience know. Uh, I'd like to say if we've bought our a stock that we like by Friday and we've got it into all the portfolios we wanted in, we're going to tell you about it on Sunday. Excellent. So we have a lot of very strong, loyal listeners because they know that we're going to be honest. And by doing that, we have to be honest if we make a wrong move, too. We can't pretend that it didn't happen. We have to answer for it as well. And I actually appreciate having to do that. There's no middleman that I get to blame for it. I got to I got to answer for every every uh, decision we make. So when is the show broadcast again? 9 to 10 a.m. on WMAL. OK, so and that's what is it, 105.9 on FM and oh, 6.30 a.m.? Yeah. You don't even know. I, <laughs> I don't even I've remember I've lived here all anymore. my life. I know those stations. <laughs> I know those. That's a great I, station, great I get, signal. I get, them, I get them all on the Internet now. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there you go. And the, the wiseinvestorgroup.com is where we can pick up all of this. You got and it. archived shows. Yep. And I'm going to listen to it. Because I think I'm going to be on one of your uh, You might perhaps up. be on the next week's in podcast. The future, in yeah. the future. I may broadcast this before that. It's just so I can promote <laughs> it. But uh, I invite all of you to contact Nancy Popovich. And Nancy, if they want to get in touch with you individually, how would they do that? 571-203-1600. Excellent. Thanks for being a special guest on Blueprint for Wealth. Thank you very much, Wayne.